Rainmaker FM. Copyblogger FM is brought to you by Studio Press Sites, the complete hosted solution that makes WordPress fast, secure, and easy without sacrificing power or flexibility. Feel free to upload your own WordPress theme or use one of the 20 beautiful Studio Press themes that are included and just one click away. Explore all the amazing things you can do with the Studio Press site, and you'll understand why it offers a lot more than traditional WordPress hosting. No matter how you'll be using your site, we have a plan to fit your needs and your budget. To learn more, visit rainmaker.fm slash studiopress. That's rainmaker.fm slash studiopress. Well, hello there. Great to see you again. Welcome back to Copyblogger FM, the content marketing podcast. Copyblogger FM is about emerging content marketing trends, interesting disasters, and enduring best practices, along with the occasional rant. My name is Sonia Simone. I'm the Chief Content Officer for Rainmaker Digital, and you can usually catch me at least once a week over on the Copyblogger blog as well as getting more mindset and ranty stuff at Remarkable Communication. Remember, you can always get the show notes for every episode. That typically includes links and free extras by pointing your browser to copyblogger.fm. That's also where you can find the complete show archive. So today I thought it would be fun to talk about one of those things that's not necessarily as obvious as it might seem on the surface and that is how to make your content more shareable. So shareable content obviously has a ton of advantages. It gets us traffic, and in particular, it gets us new traffic. It gets our content in front of people who don't know us yet, and it doesn't cost us anything in terms of advertising or you know other kind of paid ways that we can have to push our content. And the reason I'm thinking about it today I was talking about this with our editorial team earlier this week, and there's a content publisher that I like that I think creates work that's, you know, good, valuable, smart, relevant to my audience. But every time I think about sharing something that he's written, I have to say that my fingers kind of hesitate over the keyboard. And that's because his advice is solid, but the way that he says it is a little bit hysterical. So he has a habit of addressing his topics like his hair is on fire. Now that might be a thousand percent perfect for his audience. So I'm not saying that he needs to change what he's doing to make me happy. That would be silly. But it does come back to, I don't share his stuff because I don't think my audience is going to find his tone and his approach persuasive. And that, in a nutshell, is what creating shareable content is all about. So as a content creator, your first duty, your first obligation is always to your audience, your potential customer. So that would be the person who's going to take the action that you want them to take. It might literally be a customer, a buyer for a product or a service, But it also might be a person you're trying to convince to register to vote, you're trying to convince to eat in a different way or do something to improve the world, or whatever your content goal might be. So it's really, really crucial 
that you not even start thinking about making your content more shareable until you know, and I mean know with perfect clarity, what that goal is. What are you trying to change in the world with your content? What are you trying to get people to do? Because the last thing that you would want to do is to make changes that might make your content more shareable and get it in front of more people, but that would move you further from your goals with your content. And that might sound obvious, but I see it all the time. So more eyeballs, more traffic is not a virtue if they're not the right eyeballs or if you're not moving them, you know, in the direction that you would like them to go. So with that caveat in mind, here are some observations that I have found about things you can do to make your content more shareable and make those people with the bigger audiences want to share more of what you're creating. And the first is to ask yourself the question, who else has the audience that you want? So this is not always somebody writing about your topic. John Morrow, who used to work with us at Copyblogger and now has a very fine business of his own, tells a great story about attracting a ton of attention to a finance blog that he was publishing by posting on Penelope Trunk's blog. I think it was Careerist at that time. So her primary topic was not the same as his. It was not a finance blog, but the audience was the same. And that's what you're looking for. So for example, you know, a beauty blogger um, may have difficulty getting shares from other beauty bloggers, I don't know, but might find a lot of success uh, getting shares and influence from one of the parenting blogs. So think about who else has the audience you want, not only who else is writing about the topic that you create content in. The second thing that's useful to think about is a term that I made up called the second customer. And this is the second customer because it's a person who might never become a literal customer. They might not ever buy your product or your service, but instead they have the ability to connect you with customers and sometimes lots of customers. So these might be blog publishers. They could be people who have big social media followings. You know, influencers is a term that a lot of us use these days. They could be minor celebrities. They might even be major celebrities. They might just be people who know a lot of people. You know, Malcolm Gladwell's connectors and mavens, just people who know lots of people, they're influential, and they tend to get the word out about stuff that they like. So incidentally, this is why I tend to be on the cautious side around purging email lists of people who don't buy. And that is a piece of advice you'll get quite a bit. Just get somebody off of your email list if they haven't bought in the last year. The first problem being a lot of people use a different address for something like PayPal or their credit card. But even if you know for a fact that that's not the case, you may be purging some people who are not buying from you, but they're sharing the living daylights out of your content. They're finding buyers for you. So I'm always very, very cautious when it comes to purging email lists. Keep in mind that making a purchase is not the only way somebody can benefit your business, especially today. And I have actually observed that 
Very often, the ones who get the word out about your business, they're not necessarily a good fit as a potential customer, often because they're a little advanced, you know, for what you have to offer. They're not necessarily buying your product or service. They might be going for, you know, a a higher level coaching or mastermind, or they might just not buy products or services in your space, but they know good stuff when they see it. And if they see it in you, it can be a huge win. So this second customer basically gets paid in warm, fuzzy feelings. So if you can make them look smart, if you can make them feel smart, if you can make them rock stars with their audiences, and if you can help them deliver an experience that their audience loves and raves about, then that person is inclined to share your stuff. Now, there is nothing wrong with asking for a share on your content. It's totally okay. It's totally fine. Um, You do want to ask for shares from people who know you. You know, you should be asking from somebody who they know who you are without a whole lot of reminding. And you want to be selective. You don't want to ask for a share of every single thing you put out. Really think about matching the ask with this particular piece of content. One piece of content might be perfect for one influencer. Another might be exactly right for for a different person. So it's totally okay to ask as long as, you know, that ask is respectful and relevant. But honestly, 90% of the game is putting the work in to make content that's ultra, ultra useful and make content that's really shareable before you ask. So a third factor that you want to think about when you want to make your content more shareable is the immediate impression that your website makes. So, you know, when somebody comes to your website cold, they don't know who you are. What's the design like? And what's the user experience like? And is there anything on your site that seems a little dodgy? Now, this is almost impossible to gauge for yourself, so you're going to have to get a couple of rude friends to, you know, give you some straight advice about it. Is it possible that your website design is a little outdated? Or is it so cluttered that it's hard for a new visitor to know what to focus on? Because remember, you want to make that second customer, the person sharing your content, look really savvy and really smart for sharing your stuff. And so if your site design is cluttered, if it's old-fashioned, especially if you aren't well-known, if you already have a name, you can get away with a certain amount of that because people know that you've got good stuff. But if you're not well-known yet and you have site design problems, there's just this immediate response of like, nope, and people will click away. And even worse, they will go back to that influencer, to that second customer and say, I don't know why you sent me to that site because it looks really, you know, not too good. So you really, really want to think about that. Now, this used to be difficult and expensive to fix and to keep current. And one of the great things about living now is it's really simple and it's really inexpensive. So, you know, 99 times out of 100, you want to go with self-hosted WordPress for all kinds of reasons. Um, You want to make sure it's secure. You want to make sure you've got good hosting for it. And then from there, premium WordPress themes will give you amazing design, super state-of-the-art, beautiful, you know, beautiful layouts, and you can stay current and stay secure for a really, really modest investment of your time and your money. And by the way, of course, security is a really big deal. Um, Nothing is going to kill your social shares like your 
you know, audience getting a virus warning. It's not a good thing. And I think you guys already know that Studio Press has dozens and dozens of amazing looking secure themes that will let you stay current, let you stay, you know, totally gorgeous. You can honestly change your site appearance as often as you change your pants, if that's really kind of what you like to do. And Studio Press sites will put all of that on top of really rock solid secure hosting so that you just don't have to, to worry about this. Which also means, you know, honestly, in 2018, there's no excuse for like an old-fashioned looking or a dodgy looking site because it's just, it's really, really cost-effective to make it great. So the fourth thing that you want to think about, the other instant impression factor, is within the individual piece of content, and that is specifically your headline and your image. Lots of content gets shared all over the web basically on the strength of a great headline and a really good image. These work so hard for you in getting people to share your content. Now, headlines. We have written a lot about headlines. We have talked a lot about headlines. I recorded a podcast episode about headlines, and we have an ebook about headlines. So I will give you resources to those in the show notes, copyblogger.fm, and you can go check all of that out. Um, a few additions that I may not have mentioned in the podcast episode, curiosity headlines. A lot of people on the web think that curiosity is kind of the way to go. And it it can work well, but it can also veer over into excessively clever and even confusing. So you have to find that line. You know, if people are actually confused, they just don't click. It's just, it's too, there's too many other things to click on. Now, images are wonderful. Images have the ability to make an instant emotional impression. You know, it's kind of going on in a, like a more primitive part of the brain, a pre-verbal part of the brain. Pairing images with text does work really nicely today. Obviously, we all see lots of that kind of image, post image. It does make the post stand out more on those social platforms, and that is going to make it more shareable. Because beyond the initial share, what we're hoping for is that one influential person shares it, and then those people share it, and those people, and so on and so on. One thing that is not always immediately obvious until you make the mistake, keep an eye on your title tag and your meta description when you create a a blog post, and double check them for typos. So these are what the social media platforms pull. And I have noticed that typos, particularly in that meta description, tend not to get updated. The platform will pull the content once and then you can fix the typo, but it doesn't always propagate. So typos are a thing. Typos happen. They happen to me. They happen to you. and They're not, you know, a sign that you're a bad person or a sloppy person, but they do tend to diminish your authority. And they do kind of subliminally say, don't click on this because it might not be that awesome. So just, you know, take a double check. And then the final thing that I would love you to think about when you're making your content more shareable is what would you like people to do when they find you? You know, talking about those content goals. Once your content has been shared and you have new people who have no idea who you are coming to your site and checking you out, what do you want them to do next? Make it really easy to take that step and make it really obvious. So, you know, it might be reading some more stuff, reading some more pieces of content so they get a little more comfortable. Or it could certainly be signing up for your email list. Now, one word about pop-ups, which are, you know, a bit controversial. I will tell you, just me as an individual, 
I am reluctant to share content that has a pop-up, especially a kind of an aggressive or an annoying pop-up. So that is a consideration. Now, that is not some kind of an official recommendation that you should not use pop-ups because very often the benefits do outweigh the downsides and you can try them out for yourself. I'm not anti-pop-ups and I don't think they're wicked or wrong or evil or anything like that. But just from my own personal experience, a piece of content has to be pretty close to solid platinum before I will share it if it has a pop-up. It's really about experience. What kind of experience am I sending my audience into? So is it going to be an annoying experience? You know, I won't share content if I know that I'm sending somebody smack into a really aggressive, annoying sales funnel. However, I am happy to send somebody into content that has a respectful sales funnel that, you know, respects people's intelligence and is has a good balance of useful content to asking for the sale. So it's not that sales funnels are bad or pop-ups are bad. It's how do they affect the experience? And again, that's really what you want to focus on when you're crafting your content to be more shareable. So that's what I've got for you this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you have anything that you like to do to make your content more shareable, or if you have something that you've seen really work well, I would love it if you would swing by copyblogger.fm. Let us know about it in the comments, uh, as I think we would all really benefit. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you next week. Take care.